On the northeast tip of North America, on an island called Newfoundland, there's an airport. And next to it is a town called Gander. Tonight, we honor what was lost, but we also commemorate what we found. You are here at the start of a moment on the edge of the world where the river meets the sea. Welcome to episode two of the Broadway Your Way podcast. My name is Lance, and I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the podcast. I want to say again a big thank you to TJ Newton for being the first guest on this show. And I'm super excited to introduce to you our second guest, Christine Toy Johnson. Johnson is currently on tour with Come From Away, and having seen the show, I definitely recommend everyone going to see it because, as we'll discuss later on, Tears. It was just an amazing production. Um, we're going to discuss everything from tour life, you know, traveling around the country, her audition process for the production, uh, as well as covering the topic of representation. This was supposed to be an Asian American Pacific Islander episode. However, due to some conflicts, um, I had to push this episode to June. But it's never too late to talk about representation and you'll be able to find out what that means to her later on in this episode. So stay tuned. Yes, ma'am. Thank well, thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, before we start things off, um, I want to know um what was the first memory of theater that you had? Oh boy. <laughs> That's a, well, I guess it would be, um, I started very, very young. So when I was in kindergarten, I played a dancing snowflake in the kindergarten show and I was hooked from there, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I've been working professionally since before I graduated from high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the suburbs of New York City, too, which made it a little uh, easier for me to see theater because um, because my my parents would take me to see Broadway shows all the time. So I was very, very fortunate in that way. 
Oh, wow. What were some uh, shows that you had seen um, while growing up in New York? Well, I I remember um, going to see A Chorus Line. That was a very big influence um, on my life. And because I was a dancer when I was younger, too, and I would be going into the city to take uh, classes all the time. So that definitely was one of the early ones that uh, was a big influence on me. Yeah. Course Sign is just, I think, I don't know, I think that's like one of the shows that I think as far as like if you're like a dancer, like just branching out into theater, it's one of those shows that you kind of, everyone will like mention as far as right. like, yeah, right. choreography and music. And also it's just that there's so many big musical numbers in that show that oh, you can't yeah, it's really. It's fantastic, miss. right. Yeah. Um, so before we dive into everything come from away. Um, I saw the show I actually, so I just came back from vacation yesterday and come from away. The tour was the last show that I saw before I went on vacation. Oh, um, where yeah. did you see us? Um, I saw y'all in Houston. In my oh, hometown. great. Oh, yes. great. I was, oh my gosh. I, I'm so speechless just thinking about it. Oh. Um, I, I, I was just glued to my seat the whole entire time. There was I went with my friend, and there was one point I think it was during, uh, the scene where everyone's I believe everyone is like on the bus. I believe everyone is on the bus, and there's just a quiet moment, and then there's like you know a few as lighting aspects here and there. And we were just looking at everyone. We were just in awe of the whole entire thing. So I want to say kudos to y'all. Like that, the show is, was something I haven't cried in a show like in a long, in a while, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was completely moved by everything. So oh, thank so you glad. so much for, yes, ma'am. Oh my gosh. Um, so before we start things off, um, before I dive into things come from away, um, what was the first experience you had with the show? Well, I have been a Tony voter for a very long time because I'm um, I'm the treasurer of the Dramatist Guild, so I represent writers in the in the voting pool. Um, and before that, I was a, a member of the um, elected leadership of Actors Equity for a very very long time. So I was voting on behalf of the acting community as well. So I was invited to see the show, um, and. Sharon Wheatley, actually, who originated the role of Diane that I play in the first national tour, uh, is a very old friend of mine. So I was very excited to get to see her in the show. And of course, I loved it. I didn't really, honestly, at the time, imagine that I would ever do it. I don't know why. Um, but uh, so that was my very first experience, though. And then when I was called to audition for it, uh, I, of course, was delighted. And, um, and so things went forward from there. That's so cool. Um, speaking of auditions, um, what was your audition process like for the show? So, uh, well, so are we are, are we officially in the interview? I can't tell. I know you're going to edit later, but it doesn't. It's yeah. Not, yeah. Um, well, I was uh, at the time in 2018 when I got called to audition for the show. I was actually also working on a television series called Iron Fist. Uh, that was being, uh, it's a Marvel show that was being mm -hmm. done for Netflix. Yeah. And so I honestly wasn't time to go into audition, but um, fortunately I did. And I went in the first time just for the associate director. 
um, and the casting people. And uh, I think they gave us um, maybe three different scenes to read and to sing Stop the World and sing, of all things, I think this is still surprising to me, um, Heave Away, <laughs> which takes oh, wow. place in the Screech scene. So it's not something that you might think, oh, that's a, that is something we want to make sure you can sing, but it was. <laughs> and then um, I had a call back the following week. Again, I was not sure I was going to be able to make it because my shooting schedule was quite heavy at the time. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, I did make it there and everybody was there from the team, Chris Ashley and Kelly Devine and Ian Eisendrath and Cynthia Corton West, well, all the all the, the producers and it was a very, and of course, our writers, um, uh, Irene Sankoff and David Hine. Um, so it was a very full room, a very loving room, and, and which I've learned is really just the way, the come from away way that uh, people involved with the show um, have been the most generous, uh, wonderful and, and um, collaborative people I've ever worked with uh, yeah. from the producers on. Um, so anyway, I went to that callback and I did all of my material and then there was going to be another callback that I actually did not make that was the movement call. Uh, but mm -hmm. I found out a week later that I was cast and um, it happened to be actually the my last day of shooting for Iron Fist too. I literally left the studio finishing my last scene, got a message from my agent from Come From Away. So that, that it, my agent called to tell me that I had booked um, Come From Away National Tour. So it was very, uh, it was a very exciting time. And that was May 1st, 2018. Mm -hmm. And here we are uh, four years later. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. That, that move from like from television or like shooting the week before and then going to the show like a week after that must have been something I mean I can't process you know this just the all the feelings and emotions that you must have been going through yeah. um those um tra uh the transition like between going from television to theater like what is that like how is well I have always been uh fortunate enough to work in both mediums uh often so mm -hmm. although I started in theater and I it's my really my first love I love working in film and television as well and it is very different mm -hmm. but the same so <laughs> it, at the core mm -hmm. you know you are um you're a storyteller and you are given the task of making sure you tell the story that you're given in the most um, authentic um, way in the most in the in the best way that you possibly can. Mm -hmm. I always think that when you're working on on stage, if say you were doing the same scene on film and then on stage, mm -hmm. I would feel like the same intentions needed to be pulled out and the the same essence of the characters needs to be illuminated. But when you're doing it on stage, you are perhaps putting a magnifying glass on it so mm -hmm. that it, it, uh, is, a, it is amplified uh, for the room. So if, if, I'm, if I'm doing a scene for television and the camera is literally four inches away from my face, <laughs> I'm, it's going to be a different feeling than if I'm playing uh, a 3,000-seat theater. Right. So you would not change the intention in the scenes and the way you were, were telling the story, you 
a magnifying glass on it so that it would be appropriate for the size of the room and the number of people that are in the immediate space with you uh, who are witnessing it at the same time and who are mm. experiencing it in the way that they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, in the sense of how the material is delivered on television, on camera versus being on stage. Right, right. So with Come From Away, um, with the, so there's two productions, the Broadway production and the national tour. Um, there's also the the uh, West End company. And the there's West End, still, yes. I might add as well. Mm-hmm. And um, have you had the chance uh, to talk to other um, actresses who have played uh, or who are playing Diane as well? Uh, well, Sharon for sure, um, but I and I've been connected sort of via social media with uh, the some of the other actors from the UK and then the Australian company. But I haven't, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, uh, the actress from the Toronto company. Um, but Sharon is the one that I talked to at first, and she is the one who encouraged me to reach out to uh, Nick and Diane Marson, and uh, who have become very good friends of mine. Um, oh. I'm so happy that you got to see the show in Houston because, of course, that's where they live. And uh, so we got to spend a lot of great quality time together while we were there for for the two weeks. And um, they've also come to see us on the road in Memphis. We relaunched the tour in October of 2021. And uh, Mm. they spent a week with us in New Orleans when we played there. Um, We've been, yeah, we've had a lot of great adventures in Houston and other cities. (laughs) And I just love them dearly. I just, they're, they're such wonderful people who's so generous and loving and um i feel so lucky to uh have gotten a chance to spend time with them yeah i've been seeing so many um pictures and photos like in posts of members of company members and their actual like real life counterparts right just seeing how the show brings everyone together like that i just think i i just think there's I haven't seen a production like that in a while, um, if anything like that. And um, going back, um, because you had mentioned the tour opened or reopened October 2021, what was it like returning to the show after such a long time away? Oh, it was so great. What a reunion. Well, first of all, I had the great good fortune to uh, get to do the the September 11th, 2021 uh concert at, uh, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. It actually took place on September 10th, but 20th anniversary of 9-11. And, um, yeah. we, the Ford Theater, uh, which is, of course, one of the theaters that the, the show first tried out in before they Broadway, they, mm-hmm. um, they produced a concert uh, version of the show, which included uh, many of the, the tour cast but, and some of the Broadway cast as well. And that was actually our first um, reunion with the material after 18 months away, uh, oh, wow. because we did that on September 10th in DC. And then uh, about two weeks later, the entire company of the first national tour uh, gathered again to start rehearsals for the relaunch of the tour. So uh, on, on many different levels, it was so joyous and, and very emotional because uh, 
most of us had not seen each other in person, you know, for, for a year and a half. And then to reconnect over the story uh, was, was really so meaningful in different ways. I think the story has always resonated with us because of the messages, you know, of the, um, the power, the healing power of intentional kindness intentional Mm -hmm. generosity, intentional compassion. That has been so, um, so really impactful for all of us, Mm -hmm. not only to see it, but to, to be able to tell the story. And then after we'd been in this shutdown where all of theater was shut down for so long and uh, so many people were isolated, so many people lost uh, people. uh, When we were able to get back together, it was, it was really moving to know mm-hmm. that we could have uh, we could have a hand in bringing theater back to people uh, in in the room together, and um, also to to bring a, a, another layer of meaning into the story of how much we needed to take care of one another and mm-hmm. help each other out. Yeah. So it's been. Um, it's been really uh, even more <laughs> joyous than I think we could have imagined. Yeah, that's, I mean, just having, I mean, I don't know. I think the when theater had announced, you know, shows and productions, you know, reopening here and there, I was just so excited and just feeling the, I think, my first show or the first show that I saw back was a Tuts production, a Tuts produced production. And I was, it just felt surreal to be back in the theater, you know, yeah. being in the audience and just seeing a live show again. So I'm, I can't imagine, you know, being on the, being on stage after so long, you know, and seeing everyone, you know, coming together and, singing those songs and playing those parts yeah um yeah. and being able to you know do it eight times a week you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again yeah um what is tour like what is tour life like um are there any favorite cities that you have or have so far it's been really incredible this is the fourth time i've been on tour i've done three other national tours of broadway musicals um but this is definitely the longest uh run i've ever i've ever done so far and there are so many wonderful things to being on tour and also a lot of challenges you know Mm -hmm. the wonderful things are being able to go to all these different cities and see people that we don't um sometimes get to see very often uh we're currently in los angeles and um, I love it here and I have so many friends. My best friend lives here. And so we haven't seen each other in person since the last time we played the Amundsen, which was in December of 2018. Oh, wow. Um, and so I, there are so many cities that have surprised me that I haven't been to before that I've, I've loved visiting. Um, and also places that uh, we love playing Canada. <laughs> Canada is, uh, <laughs> loves the show, as you can imagine. And I would hope so. <laughs> right. We've been to Ottawa and Montreal and Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. And uh, we're going back to all of those cities uh, in the next year. Um, so I've loved those. I, Let's see, what else? I, um, 
I love playing near the near the in the Northeast because I'm I live in New York City, so it's been great mm -hmm. to be able to have friends come see us there. Yeah. Um, I just have had a great time seeing parts of this country that I've never seen before and seeing people, yeah. as I, I mentioned. The, the challenges are mm -hmm. that we are, um, in year one, we stayed in places longer. We were, um, we never play less than a week any, now as well. But mm -hmm. we would play, like last time we were in Los Angeles, we played here for six weeks. We we're here for two weeks this time. Oh, wow. um, we were in San Francisco for four weeks before we're going back uh, next year for two weeks. You know, so mm -hmm. so um, the moving around so much means when we play one week stops, we really never have a day off because we're traveling on Mondays and then uh, we open in the next city on Tuesday. And that can be a real challenge because, you know, uh, you try to get your rest and make sure that you're at your optimal energy and peak, you know, health yeah. uh, for all the HOs. Of course, our crew has it the hardest because they are putting, they are taking down the show Sunday night yeah. as soon as the the curtain comes down and then they mm. don't really rest again until probably Wednesday because they, they're, they're moving into the next city and then taking the, the putting up the set and, and that takes uh, a, a while. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's the challenge of living out of a suitcase. I, I travel with an air fryer this time around, which has changed <laughs> my life because, yeah. you know, I'm able to cook wherever I go. Um, and uh, my my husband and my dog travel with me most of the time, so that's a great uh, gift that we can be together and see parts of the country together. You know, we drive a lot and and yeah. uh, and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, you do learn that you don't need that much stuff with you. <laughs> you know, that yeah. you because we travel with it. We have a, each have a trunk, but we also have a suitcase and you know various. Um, backpacks and things to carry or electronics etc yeah um so it's it's just a navigating all of those uh sort of day-to-day -day life things making i have i sort of have a triple life because i'm a writer as well so i'm and i'm mm. working on uh, a couple of different commissions i write musicals and plays and I'm, oh, wow. I'm writing a solo play for myself that i'm getting ready to do a reading of when we get to seattle and then i'm also uh as i mentioned earlier um the treasurer of the dramatist guild which is the trade association for uh theatrical writers dramatic writers um mm -hmm. composers lyricists librettists playwrights and um, so I, I'm very busy in my advocacy life as well, um, f f working for the, to protect the rights of writers. And I do a lot of advocacy in diversity, equity, and inclusion in our industry. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a, there's a lot to balance <laughs> in a yeah. hotel room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Diversity and inclusion being one of your... Um, being one of your um what what do you say uh points um as far as you know bringing that into the into the conversation um with last month being asian american pacific islander month what does diversity and inclusion mean to you as far well, as within the theater industry yeah i mean i think it really comes down to how we are trying to rebuild the American landscape of storytelling so that it includes everyone who lives here. And mm -hmm. that is uh, not as easy as it has 
uh, as we've hoped it could be, or it is not as um, as easy or, or smooth a road as, as mm-hmm. we would like it to be. Um, representation is definitely something that matters very much because without it, um, we can be reduced to stereotypes. With stereotypes, mm-hmm. that often dehumanizes us and uh, makes makes this. There has been, of course, this terrible, horrific rise in anti-Asian violence over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And uh, I firmly believe that images in the media um, contribute to the dehumanization dehumanization of Asian American Pacific Islanders and and contributes to the the idea that we are a monolithic entity or that we don't really exist or that there's a variety of problems with reducing people to stereotypes, any people to stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And um, when there are not human full three-dimensional representations of a whole population, um, unfortunately, I think that there is a a direct thread to how um, the erasure of our of our people and and the rendering us um, what's the word I'm thinking of um, just inconsequential and then reducing yeah. us to someone who could be uh, disposable. Uh, mm-hmm. the, all, it's terrible, but those are the, that's the thread that I see. Um, yeah. I I um, am a co-founder of this organization called the Asian American Performers Action Coalition. Mm-hmm. We have been in, in existence for 11 years with the mission of increasing a representation of, of Asian American actors on New York City stages. That's where it started. And mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm so thrilled that this year we are receiving a Tony honor uh, for excellence in the theater. And so oh, I'm wow. going, Congratulations. I, thank you. I, it's very exciting to be recognized for our work in this way, uh, to mm-hmm. bring visibility to the, to our message. And so I'm actually going to New York and uh, twice this next week um, on Monday to go to the Tony honors where, where we'll receive the award. And we all, all 11 of us in the organization will um, be able to celebrate. And then I will come back to do the second week of shows here in LA, except for on June 12th, I'm taking those two shows off so I can go to the actual Tony awards at Radio City. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited that, uh, to be a, uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, I've been a Tony voter for a very long time, but I've actually never gone to the awards themselves. So to go oh, wow. as an honoree is uh, <laughs> just a childhood dream come true. <laughs> you yeah. know, and really, really thrilling. That is so well. Congratulations again. I, thank you. And I, before we continue, I want to say a big thank you for you know um, just making sure that everyone especially asian actors of asian descent are included in every you know single piece of work um and i and i'm so glad that you're able to kind of represent us in come from away um in a show that i think speaks to uh, to so many different people like so many different backgrounds um i think i the show does such a good job at, um, I think, addressing um, the people of different backgrounds um, and yes, just very much so. 
yeah and just making everyone feel seen and heard and you have those moments of you know you have a a person in the show of, uh, of like a different background and you can tell like the the people on the stage um just how everything works is just so it's so realistic and again i feel like being able to bring that show like to you know on stage is just very it's very moving thank you yes i i agree and that you know what i love about the show is that it does represent so many different people and different yeah. thoughts and different religions and it it really highlights how how much uh we can be the same at heart you know when yeah. we're we're um acting as a community and mm -hmm. we can come together like that so yeah it's a really beautiful thing it is um are there any um i was wondering are there any uh what are some uh things that some people might not know about this show if there is anything that you're allowed to spill well like, any I... differences between maybe like the broadway and tour Oh, actually, so we, you know, the, we're, we have the same creative team, Chris Ashley and <laughs> Kelly Devine, and, um, and of course, our writers, David and Irene, they were with us in the, from the very beginning. So mm -hmm. um, there are some, the only differences there are maybe on some of the vocal um, lines um, in the, for example, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because, you know, at, at the heart, the, the show, the show is the same, it looks the same, it, it's, it's, um, <laughs> you know, got all of this of the same creative juice behind it. But yeah. I do sing uh, Stop the World in a different key than they do on Broadway. Uh -huh. um, uh, it just was when we got into rehearsal, uh, Ian Eisendrath, our, our music supervisor, um, said, you know, I think that uh, we might want to uh, give it, give you a little, uh, a little higher key. Um, I'm, I'm a soprano. And, and so it, instead of it modulating down, which it does on Broadway, it stays the same. Um, so, so Shambly Ferguson who plays Nick and I sing it in the same key. So oh, that's, wow. that's, um, something that the audience probably doesn't notice. Um, but when people have come into our show from other companies and they start singing that, because they, the, of course, everyone comes in towards the end, um, yeah. they say, "Oh, this is this is a different key." <laughs> so that's that's a little inside information for you. <laughs> oh wow! Oh my gosh! How often um, do you get people from other companies or from other productions? I know with the um, with shows, you know, reopening from COVID some shows have had to you know call other actors from other productions or like actors who haven't been in the production for you know maybe months or like years and like hey can you come back um yeah we you know. had that one we had that happen to us once in minneapolis in january when omicron mm. hit um opening night of minneapolis eight uh seven out of the 12 of us were out <laughs> with oh Omicron. yeah I, I saw I heard about that yeah so uh and we have six standbys and so we needed one more person and fortunately they had just um, arranged to bring in uh Holly Ann Butler from who was being an emergency uh standby in New York so she came mm -hmm. and we met her and she went on for Janice that night uh oh. then another person then then another, another two people tested positive so we were 
short uh, one standby and eight of the on regular on stage playing cast. So they called in. Uh, at one point, we had a member of that represented every company around the world oh. <laughs> from Comfort Away. Oh, so we we had. Um, we had someone from the Toronto company, someone from that had been in the UK company, someone who uh, had been in Australia, you know, so, and, and, and Broadway people from the Broadway companies, someone from the original Broadway company who hadn't done the show in a long time. And uh -huh. we only had to cancel three shows. Of course, it's still three shows, but which was, which was sad, but, um, and mm -hmm. fortunately none of our company members got very, very ill. So we were very grateful for that. But they, okay, but as protocols um, dictated, they had to be out for 10 days. So yeah. um, we had, uh, I think we had a, just a couple of rehearsals and, and then we did this blended show uh, by the Sunday matinee of that. We had canceled Friday and two shows on Saturday of that yeah. first week in Minneapolis. Um, so that was that time. Right now, actually, uh, we have two members of the Toronto company joining us. Uh, they just they just arrived yesterday. Uh, oh, wow. so, um, uh, somebody's taking a, a leave of absence, and somebody else is um, leaving um, a, a, the contract a little a little early. And then it turns out she's um, going to fill in uh, on Broadway for a couple of months. But so we have mm -hmm. it's it's very exciting to have people come in from other companies, and we because we all speak the same language. Basically, you know, we all are. Yeah. Um, we're, we're charged to tell the story and uh, very invested in the story. I, I really never met, um, I've never been in another show where every single person is a, as invested as they are in telling the story and telling it well. There's something about this show that makes you feel, um, I don't know, even, even more uh, yeah. responsibility for telling it well. And uh, at collectively, I mean, I, I feel that that individually, uh, of course, we always are bring the the most integrity we can to every project. But collectively, there's a different kind of investment that I've mm -hmm. never felt before yeah. in a show. Yeah, it's and it's really obvious uh, just seeing it on stage. The dedication that you all have to telling the story, um, and just and when the vows came at the end we were just everyone was coming together like the audience were all in that like that moment in time of you know yeah of after seeing a great performance everyone's you know on stage you know the band and I love how the I, I especially love how the band is on stage just oh you know, they're amazing they are mm -hmm. incredible I yeah we love having them on stage too and I love that they do that playoff uh, where they get a chance to really, you know, take center stage without, without anybody else, uh, you know, singing along or anything. They were just fantastic. Yeah, that band was just—they were on fire that night. Yeah. Um. So they're like kudos. that every night. They are. They are yeah. like that every night. Yeah. Yes. Kudos to them as well. Um. Here's a fun question that I love asking. Mm -hmm. Um. Are there have there been any funny on stage mishaps in the show? Well, I'll tell you, some they, they almost.
all have to do with the turntable. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> so, and it's, it's just been, you know, it, it, there's sometimes things happen and the yeah. turntable either stops or, you know, d doesn't, um, or it, in the early days before they figured out some of the mechanisms that they had to move because it's a different, it's a different story when you have to move the turntable yeah. every week. Um, and you know, there's no time to discuss what you're going to do yeah. um, to, in order to keep going with the show. Yeah. Uh, so it's happened several times over the 800 plus performances I've done uh, mm -hmm. where right before stop the world and you realize, mm -hmm. Oh, I have to, figure this out how are we gonna and we we stand in center stage and and uh love without the chairs you know yeah um but it's what's been um what's been great about that is the the teamwork you know to make it make the show continue happening and and i've had people there who haven't even noticed uh when oh, wow. the turntable has stopped working so that's a real tribute to you know everybody collectively coming together and you know, trying to move the chairs in a way that, that they're in a different position than they were because the turntable hasn't gone. Spotlights yeah. can find us. And it's, it's, that's been incredible. Um, yeah. I'll say one of the funniest things, and we tell this story often, so I don't think he minds, um, <laughs> is when, um, you know, sometimes you, you might forget a line or you have yeah. to, you sort of have to come up with something to, to, um, to, fill in where your brain left yep, <laughs> left you in yep, the dust. Yep. Just going and, up and forgetting. <laughs> yeah. And there's this scene where um where James Earl Jones the second is playing who is playing Bob mm -hmm. um is talking about the barbecues, how you know the mayor asked him to go and take barbecues the girls from people's yards and bring them mm -hmm. all to the center. And um Shambly Ferguson who plays uh, at that point, he's playing a person who has a grill, you know, who's, yep. um, and he couldn't think of the word barbecue. <gasps> and so he just, and of course, when you're in that moment, it feels like five minutes have gone by. It's more like, you know, a second or two. A second, yeah. But, you know, he, he just said, you're taking my cooker and oh my goodness i don't know why it's so funny that he said cooker instead of barbecue but then james did not miss a beat and he said this he, this is your cooker <laughs> we just all have used that line very often since then because it was seen, it's an innocuous but something that made us giggle <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i yeah going up on lines is just so it you don't think it happens, but it does happen. And when it does happen, it makes for the best, you know, stories for later on. Yeah. Yeah. I know I used to do theater in high school and, oh my goodness, just going up on lines is never, it's never fun in the moment, but then, you know, once it's passed. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's stuff. what happens. It's something, sometimes it's what happens in live theater. You can't help it. It's not like you're not paying attention or you're not, you don't know your lines. It's sometimes your brain um, skips a track and yeah. um, you can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the beauty. I think of live theaters keep going, you know, right. that, that, well, that. you have to, especially yep. with the show, you find that, you know, you get on the train and you cannot get off or, or you'll get run over. So. Yeah, I, know. I was, I was about to 
say because the show there's no intermission for right. anyone who hasn't seen it there's no intermission it's well, about an hour and 40 minutes of not of singing and movement um so do I don't I don't know do y'all get how often or where do you are you uh, are you able to find like that little moment of like okay I can take a breather and then go back out on stage or do are there any moments well that so, you have? So, I don't actually <laughs> there are there are some people who do um Ooh. I don't many of the women I think actually five out of the six of us do not ever have a time to to take a bathroom break so um there are some people who do um but yeah that's a whole nother story about how figuring out how to stay hydrated when you either don't have a chance to get off stage or you don't have a chance to go to the bathroom so you don't want to you want to make sure you don't need to um So that's a particular challenge. There are times, you know, when, um, for example, during a scene like um, Hannah and Beulah with I Am Here and that jokes, um, the joke uh, sequence where Mm -hmm. there are four of us that are on stage, but our backs are to the audience and we're in the dark. We're there to be part of the community, but we're not actively in the scene and we're not we're not lit or, you know, facing downstage. There, there are those times that I will use to take a breather and just sort of relax a little bit, but they're still on stage. So um, you don't want to be doing something that would distract from the main action. Yeah. I know, man, just that one hour and 40 minutes nonstop. I, I, I don't, I don't know how I'll do it, but I think I just think it's incredible. Um, now, as far as like those, you know, one act musicals versus two act musicals, do you, having been and come from away for quite some time, do you kind of now have a prep, or I wouldn't say pref- preference, but do you l- prefer the those one acts or do you still like the two acts? I think it's hard to say because every story you know, and every musical um, has a different um, impact with with the length and the number of, you know, the whether it's through through forward action or, yeah. uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know what I prefer really. I, it is, it is um, a beautiful thing to um, get on, like I keep saying, get on the train and tell the story and be done with it. And you've, it's been very satisfying not to, take the break in between so that the, so that it breaks the reality and it stops the action. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get out um, at, at a really nice early time. Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy that, but I, but I also have loved the other shows that I've done that have been in two acts. Yeah. I know you've also done cats, correct? A long time ago. Yes, I did. Yeah. What, so the, I know that for that show, I, I saw Cats, I believe that was like, that was actually, Cats was the last show that I saw before the pandemic. Oh. Um, yeah, it, also here in Houston. Um, I know that show has so much movement as well. Yes, very um, much. Are there, do you, have you found that having been in Cats and other productions, has has that prepared you for Come From Away, for the one, for that 
movement in that amount of time as well. Well, I think, you know, everything leads to the next thing and, mm -hmm. and learning um, your craft and learning stamina and how to pace yourself and how to take care of your, yourself so that you're, you're optimal um, health and energy. Um, so I, I, I'll say that, that, that it all adds up in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And what advice do you have for um, aspiring theater artists? I think the really important thing to know is that there are several things. Um, it's really important to just keep doing the work so that you're the best person and performer that you can be mm -hmm. and know that the you're, this might sound like a cliche because many people will say this, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. You need to remember that your journey is your own journey and that you can't compare it to anybody else's when you're, when you're building your career and to mm -hmm. look at it as that, like this big picture of mm -hmm. what you want to do to keep in mind why you want to do it mm -hmm. and keep doing the work so that you're prepared for the moments that will come up that will that will not only challenge you, but give you the opportunities to keep growing and, and move forward and get closer to whatever it is that you hope to accomplish mm. uh, in your career. And, and also that I always, I always try to re remind um, people this, that you may have an idea of what you should be doing mm. or how, what your dream coming true will look like. And mm. I can, pretty much guarantee you that that will be different <laughs> yeah. in, in a good way, not in, in, in a good way, but that it will surprise you what your dreams coming true will look like. Yeah. I think everyone's story is different, but mm -hmm. being able to reach whatever end goal it may be, I think that's the best part. And, you know, actually perhaps there never is really an end goal. There is yeah. uh, there is a continual goal to be the best that you can be and live up to your potential in yeah. any given moment and that's that's really i think um the the main thing that i try to keep remembering yeah so those are all the questions that i have for today thank you so much Christine. oh it's great to talk to you my pleasure thank you so much for coming on thank you thank you Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of the Broadway Your Way podcast. Be sure to catch Christine in the national tour of Come From Away in a city near you. Also, you have until October 2nd to catch the Broadway company of Come From Away um, in New York City. Their final performance, like I said, is October 2nd of this year. So be sure to catch them before then. Stay tuned for my next episode, um, which is one for the books. I am very excited to share it with y'all soon. So stay tuned. <laughs>